This is Professor August Howard. The following is a continuation of the series of statements and interviews from Daphne Howard, also known as the Diviner. I wish you would stop calling me that. And why are you even here, anyway? You usually leave me in here by myself for this little project of yours. After the last statement, I considered it might be better if I sat in with you. If you don't mind, of course. I suppose that's fine. I'm glad to hear it. <clears throat> this will hopefully be more of a conversation than a story. I will be mediating the discussion and giving the Diviner prompts. Daphne, for this statement, we will be focusing on the night you fled the house, but more specifically, tell me about the painting you did the night that Mr. Sky called you. Be detailed in your description. Okay. Something clawed at my mind, waiting to get out. I'd locked myself into the studio all day. I played the old Steinway by the window, practicing for my latest concerto at the concert hall. Then I half-heartedly painted the scene that persisted in my head. I alternated back and forth. I needed to practice so the orchestra wouldn't be left wanting, but that picture in my mind. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Perhaps inspiration struck because of that book I'd been reading. I was heavily invested in one of the latest fantasy novels from overseas. The gallant imagery, the warm fellowship, the noble sacrifice, and the painful journey of the hero tugged at my heart, set my mind to dreaming, and made my hand twitch. And once I got on a roll with it, it was as if my vision tunneled to just the canvas. My hand precisely blotted the paint where it needed to go. It was like the very universe itself guided me, whispered to me, showed me what I needed to uncover, what truth to display. After hours of work, I glanced it over, and I was terrified. Why? What was in the painting? The stalwart, chivalrous, and compassionate knight I had painted a few times before had been slain by a king in ornamented golden armor. A sword right through the heart. There was so much red. It was almost too much for me to handle. The anxiety building in me over the recent events had left me rattled. The man I'd hired to track you had gotten in too deep. He'd seen things, told me things that made my blood turn cold and sent a chill down my spine. He had tried to tell me. He tried so hard to warn me, but I wouldn't hear it. I interrupted him repeatedly. I paid him off. I thought I could handle this myself. And yet, you ended up here. August, please. Continue. As I exited my studio, I passed through the kitchen, washing my hands at the sink as I gazed at the rose garden outside, underneath the dimming evening sky. I could still see the upturned dirt where you were buried. No. Where your body was buried. It makes no sense. What the hell is he doing? The ring from the telephone from the other room broke me from my thoughts. I quickly crossed the floor to answer it. Who could it be at this hour? 
Poet Residence. Mrs. Howard. Who is this? It's me. Blake. Mr. Skye, I thought I made myself expressly clear. No, listen. You don't understand. I told you plainly to drop this case. It's not safe. For either of us. You don't say. August came home more erratic. Sometimes breaking into his fits of mania. And... He brought home a body, Mr. Skye. He and the others buried a body in the Rose Garden, and it, it looked like my husband. Daphne, your husband knows. He's going to kill you. Get out of there right <laughs> Mr. Skye? Blake? Oh, God, are you all right? My hand shook so much, I dropped the receiver, letting it clatter to the floor. Oh, God. What have I done? The gunshot still rang out in my head after I heard it. I heard him die over the telephone. I hired him. At that moment, I thought I may as well have been the one holding that gun. It was all my fault. I ran upstairs, threw some clothing into a suitcase, rummaged around my intimate's drawer for the small stash of money I had been saving after I had hired the detective, just in case. I never thought I'd have to run from you, but in hindsight, I was glad I prepared for it. I gathered as much as I could in the guest room, the one I had staked as my own when you started growing distant and suspicious, when you were off at conferences and symposiums for weeks at a time, traveling out of the country alone, away at the Elephant's Heart for hours every night, how they're here, despite my questions and protests despite my asking you to stay. But something else was more important. I knew they weren't just conferences. I did my own investigating, but I didn't truly know what you were up to until it was too late. You couldn't have known what I was doing at all. I knew you were using those events as cover to find out more about Lydia, but there was more to her death than just what you told me. Sometimes there are no answers, Daphne. Sometimes the world is just a cruel and hateful place. I was trying to shield you from the pain of the truth. Don't pretend like you were trying to spare my feelings. I know you were just trying to cover up all of this madness. Daphne, you have to believe me. I know it would have hurt you too. You have no idea what I felt when- If I had no idea what you felt, it's because you never talked to me about it. I tried hard to reach out to you. I wanted to be there for you and support you. I saw how much you hurt, but you wouldn't let me in. If you had, maybe things would have been different. Maybe you wouldn't have felt like you had to do these horrible things. But I suppose that's the big issue here, isn't it? You, acting the martyr. I don't see a better world from this. I only see more and more pain. And that's all I ever really hear from you, August. All that really matters to you anymore is you. And your own pain. And to hell with how anyone else feels. Read lightly, dear. Besides, even if I told you, you wouldn't have understood me. You didn't let me try. Her death hurt me too. We could have grieved her passing together. We could have gotten through it as a team. But you let that pain twist you into someone I don't even recognize anymore. You threw everything away. Destroyed our marriage for the sake of your own selfish desires. Once again, Daphne. You think you understand everything going on, but you have no idea. I refuse to sit here and have you tell me what I think. And you're not fooling me. 
You're not here out of sentiment. That is absolutely, unequivocally false. I'm not stupid, August. You know I'm not. You're here to make sure the recording goes the way you want it to. Enough! Continue the statement. With the suitcase prepped and the cash tucked away on my person, I surveyed the room one last time. There was nothing else I needed. I felt the muscles of my right hand tremble with that god-awful twitch. I balled it into a fist, my nails sinking deep into the meat of my palm. My hand still shook despite the pain that usually made it stop momentarily. I threw on my coat, plucked up my suitcase, and pulled on my tailored felt hat. I made my way out of the bedroom, looking left, then right. No one else was there. Relieved, I crept down the stairs, past my many paintings, hung along the wall to the front door. Ma'am? The elderly man's voice made my blood chill, jumping in spite of myself. Barnaby, you're still here. Of course, Mrs. Allen. I've been here all day. His long, bushy eyebrows raised at my suspicious behavior. My eyes cast to the door briefly, then back at Barnaby, pulling myself up and squaring my shoulders. Uh, Barnaby, I regret to inform you that we no longer have need of your services. It isn't anything to do with you or your work. You've been a wonderful butler and friend. Ah, so that's why Barnaby was no longer at the estate when I went to retrieve your artwork. Yes, I dismissed him. It didn't feel right to me to have him stay when no one would be there, and... How much does he know? I was just about to tell you. Uh, Ma'am, is everything all right? I... I told myself, you can't lie to him, but you can't tell the truth, either. I can't say. I'm sorry, I wish I could. For your severance. I set the suitcase down and strode to the cupboard in the sitting room, opening it. I gestured to the Kilgallen family silver. Here, for you, please take it and anything else in this cabinet, as well as my apologies. And have a good retirement. The man's large handlebar mustache twitched, the curls at either end bouncing. I, I think I understand, Mrs. Howard. Uh, thank you. Of course. I... Sorry, this is so abrupt, but it's necessary. At least allow me to assist you with the car. After a small moment, I gave a little nod. I couldn't refuse him. Together, we loaded my Lincoln Roadster. As Barnaby shut the driver's side door, he leaned in, looking at me with those fatherly cataract-covered eyes. Whatever it is that's going on, I wish you the best. He slipped me a piece of paper. Here's my telephone number. Please be safe, Mrs. Howard. And please give me a call if you ever need anything. I started up the engine and gave him a nod. Thank you, Barnaby. For... for everything. The elderly man took a few steps back from the car before I drove away through the gates of the Dunwich Estates with tears in my eyes. Heading east. This statement makes apparent that the Diviner's abilities cause her great anxiety when the prophecy that is painted is 
unexpected. Statement also provides insights into the process the diviner takes when producing prophecy. There is clear symbolism at work as well. Each figure within the painting, each instance of light, shadow, and color, has significance. It will take a thorough examination of each artwork to catalog all the iconography within them. It is also noteworthy that, somehow, there are Vrothy words embedded in the brush strokes, the sequence of the bristle marks. We've been able to uncover many new spells just by examining them closely. It's unclear how the Diviner is able to do this. It would take such an impossibly fine and immaculate motor control to direct each bristle individually. But with further interviews, it is my hope that it is made clear just how the Diviner's abilities work. I would rather shoot myself. <laughs>